Let us pray. Gracious, let me, God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks this chance to hear your word. We give you thanks the chance that you, that we, that you speak to us. God, guide us that we may hear you and we may speak your truth. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome once again to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk. Um, once again, it is live on Facebook. Uh, somehow, somehow it, we made it out. Um, despite Palestine Internet's uh, best efforts, we uh, are live on Facebook right now. Um, and so I am, uh, I am thankful uh, to be here. Um, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley, good evening, everybody. Go Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchad, good evening. And go Stacy. I'm Vice Presidential Candidate Stacy Tyler. Yeah, that debate's later. Um, <laughs> you know, if you're watching this on Monday night, obviously the uh, presidential debate here in the U.S. Um, is uh, tomorrow evening, the first one of three um, is uh, tomorrow evening. So, you know, we got, we got so much to uh, look forward to, um, of two men, uh, having, uh, not a conversation at all. Um, so, you know, get, get excited. It is where, uh, uh, uh oh, uh, by the way, uh, it's just as a, like, I think every Christian should vote. Uh, the voter registration deadline in the state of Texas is October the 5th. So register to vote friends. Um, uh, and, and if you think, Man, I should. I don't need to vote. Texas always goes one way. Polling is showing maybe not. Um, and so, if you're invested in Texas going one way or another, uh, the uh, registration to vote is October the fifth. Um, and I think that Christians should be involved in shaping the laws um, in the land where we live. So, um, I beyond the like legalities of I have to maintain our 501c3 and therefore I'm legally not allowed to have political opinions I don't have political opinions that I can be a pastor to everyone as I've said many times um, but I don't think it's a truly political statement to simply say yo vote friends um, that is one way we can be a part of building God's world or like my grandfather used to say if you don't get out there and vote you have no voice to complain at all well, and, and like, you know, also the like generations of people who like fought and died so that we could have the right to decide. You yeah, know, that little like, thing, too. Yeah, that little thing, too. Right. You know, uh, you know, regardless of what side you fall on, like if you value like this thing we value about America, that we get to have a voice in our governance and then the majority of voters don't do it. I find disturbing. Um, anyways, our uh, scripture this evening has nothing to do with that not really um it is uh the yeah thank you in chat register to vote yes october the 5th is the deadline um our uh scripture this evening is luke chapter 10 verses 25 through 37 it is the parable of the good samaritan just then a lawyer stood up to test jesus teacher he said what must i do to inherit eternal life he said to him what is written in the law what do you read there he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Go, do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and found the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, 
And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured wine, oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you, pay you whatever you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is one of those parables we hear a lot, and we often do a bad job of teaching because we don't often adequately define what a Samaritan is. Why, why does it matter that it's a Samaritan? Who cares? Why is that significant? We've talked about it on the show a lot, but Samaritans were hated by Jews. Right? Samaritans were persona non grata. Uh, these were two nations that had warred with each other. There had been like pillaging involved. There was religion involved in the conflict between uh, these two groups of people. They both claimed to worship God, uh, but the Jews said you could only worship God at the temple. Um, and the Samaritans had their own place to worship God, and, and, and you know, uh, Samaria, Samaria used to be the northern kingdom um, of Israel um, when there was a split between Israel and Judah, uh, Judah to the south, Israel to the north. That northern kingdom eventually develops into Samaria. Um, they, uh, you know, married other folks who were not um, of the same faith. They were in better with the Romans uh, than uh, the Jews were. They were richer than the Jews were. And so to the people hearing this story, this is like a shocking turn that the Samaritan is the good guy. That's unthinkable. You can't have a good Samaritan. We hate them. They're the enemy. They're the bad guy. But in this story, they're the good guy. And so always when we approach the scripture, um, it, it is certainly a, a lesson on like, there, there is like the very surface level lesson of, yo, take care of a person who's hurting that you see on the side of the road. No, duh. But there's also a deeper lesson here about the nature of who can serve God, who can be merciful, um, and, you know, who can of who can be the good guy in the story uh it's not just the 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 powerful kind of religious leaders you expect um it's this often rejected enemy samaritan that is the good guy you know i think that's highlighted in the fact that they are juxtaposed with the levites and who, yeah. who had this position of being the the tribe set aside for priesthood and then the you know the religious leader that comes through and it's like the people who should have the people who put out there that they are the ones who do do these things. Well, quite literally the keepers so. of the law, right? Yeah. Uh, they did not do so in uh, this story. And so then not just picking up that a commoner came by, Jesus specifically picked someone that knew would 
not really offend, but definitely shock everyone. Oh, I think offend. I think this is, you know, I, I, anytime I preach this, I struggle um, to come up with a good analogy that doesn't offend somebody, and you just don't have them, right? Um, so instead, well, just I'm like almost, a mat- Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it's, yeah it, it is thrown out there in their face, but I almost wonder sometimes if they were so shocked that it took them a moment to be offended because it was so out there for them. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely would have been, wait, you're saying that they did what we should have done. Right. Yeah. And, and that like, they are the ones who were good in the eyes of God because so much of what's built up around the Judaism versus Samaritans is is that the Jews hold a monopoly on being right in the sight of God because they worship at the temple, um, because they have not welcomed in the Romans to the same degree, um, that there really is this like, yo, those are the heretics to the north. They're never going to be good in the eyes of God. And yet here, the guy who is keeping the law, who is living out um, both the Shema and Leviticus 19, to, you know, Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, right? Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 8, yes. I'm bad with that stuff, but I think it's Deuteronomy 6, 8. Um, and then Leviticus 19, which is love your neighbor um, as yourself. And the one who does it, the one who keeps the law and the prophets, uh, is is the Samaritan, the person who is supposed to be the evil religious heretic. But this is where that, in this case, the, the church folk, I'm going to put it like that, uh-huh. The church folk is serving God with their lips, but their hearts are far from them. Because if they were serving God with the heart, they would have stopped and helped the guy who was in trouble. But like it's like I think you said last week, we call ourselves Christians, but we don't act like it. Uh-huh. We, we don't we don't display that. So this is a prime example that they they're on their way to do God's work somewhere else, but there was God we're right there in front of their face and they missed the opportunity to, to do it and boom there you go and the person they would have thought least likely to do it ends up being the one that does it ends up being the exactly. one um that listens to god uh rather than rather than the fancy religious folk and I, the, you know go ahead i heard someone is, breaking in i'm sorry what is the uh term the, the meat shall inherit the earth sure i mean that's yeah that is that is also biblical um but this is again this is this is more than just a not a fancy person this is an enemy right this is you know the person we think you know would never you know that perhaps a jew would never help um comes in and helps the jew like it is deliberately it is deliberately shocking um and should i think reframe the way we look at other people right if you look at a person and think you're better than them or think, you know, oh, God loves me more than them, this parable is meant to unsettle that, right? There is like an undercurrent of a kind of first century version of a racial dialogue happening in this, right? That this group of people that had been wholesale rejected um, ends up being the good guy and the, and the true servant of God in this story. Uh, it, it should then unsettle our thinking when we look at some group of people as not as good as us or some group of people as farther from God as us or, you know, whatever, um, 
it is again this should this should be unsettling in terms of how we look at others well and you know there's a lot of churches out there like that that are the same way i'm not going to name any of them but uh, i've noticed that you know they they they, they look down on the uh, some of the other denominations and go oh well we're better because we got more money for our church or we do more work for god than than that church does or whatever and uh, i mean it, it goes i mean race um you know, stature in life, yeah, uh, rich and the poor. I mean, it goes on and on. How how how's divided like that? And it, so that scripture can apply to many things. Yeah, again, it, it it is not it is not just about racism or classism or whatever. It is about fundamentally flipping again the, from this series, upside down kingdom, flipping that expectation on, on its head. Right? <clears throat> you think it's going to be the Levite, the you know, the keeper of the law. You think it's mean the priest so well versed um, in scripture and you know in, in the law and the prophets, right? I know it's the heretic, uh, uh, the one thought of as far from God that does it, and, and that's that, and that's that core inversion uh, that should remind us uh, uh, that any that anyone could do this, that anyone can be the hero in God's moment, um, and you know also holding accountable the as Brandy puts it, the church folk um, to actually. To actually live it and not just walk by and assume because they're the grand keepers of the law or because, you know, they show up on Sunday morning looking pretty or whatever, um, that they're good to go. This also reminds me of that parable that Jesus told about the tax collector and the Pharisee uh, praying in the temple. You got yeah. the Pharisee, got his robes on, bling, bling and everything. And he's like, Thank you, God. I'm not like this tax collector over here. I pay my tithes and everything and pray to you and everything. And then the tax collector over here is not even looking up toward heaven. He's beating his breast and saying, have mercy on me, a sinner who went home justified. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jesus really liked to uh, point fingers at those who were being uh, hypocritical. And it was like his whole ministry was almost what our series is showing this yeah. whole upside down sure. kingdom of just about every uh, situation and looking at this going those that you look down upon you don't need to but then he hits it with the now you go and do likewise uh, it's like well, jesus think, was the original rebel with a cause you know what i mean well sure i mean jesus is this is one of the things we often lose sight of um is that jesus is fundamentally rebellious but the other piece of it is fundamentally Jesus is the ultimate example of not walking by, right? One of the reasons why Jesus can call out the hypocrites and spends a lot of time calling out the hypocrites is Jesus is the ultimate example of a truly faithful person, right? And because Jesus is God among us, God taking the time to come down. It's, we talked about in, in, in the other in. That was yesterday. I've slept since then. In yesterday's sermon, right? Like, that the nature of God is this, like, pouring out of love. Jesus looks at these religious leaders and knows how wrong they're getting it and sets the example of what it is to do it right. And that, and so that comes out here, too, right? These religious leaders walk by. Jesus doesn't walk by. God in God's self doesn't walk by. God in God's self comes down to earth as Christ um, and, and fundamentally takes the time. Uh, to walk alongside us, to heal, to, you know, set the world right, to send forth the Spirit. And so, you know, if anyone can call out, is in a position to call out the religious hypocrites, it's Jesus. 
uh, because no one can say he's not not a higher keeper of the law. He is literally the word of God made flesh. Right. It's a heck of a position to be in. Some of this also reminds me almost of uh, all kinds of superhero movies I've watched, like uh, the the uh, the bad guy that you'd never expect to like. For example, Loki. Uh, sure. From uh, Thor, you know, he, he he actually saves the day once or twice, I think. You know, well, you, expect, I, you don't I, expect him to do that, but he does. You know. Well, as we talked about before, I think part of what superhero movies do is, you know, reinterpret tropes that exist in our culture, some of which come from the Bible, um, and, and so this is also itself a you know a story of redemption of a uh, Samaritan who would have been considered far from God um, repenting um, and following God's will and and the people you expect to be close to God uh, showing themselves to be rather far from God. And, and when you look at this story in uh, context of the entire uh, scripture, in some ways, these stories is Jesus dropping little hints, as you had mentioned earlier, that the Jews do not have the entire hold on all that God is planning on doing with his work. Yes, they're God's chosen, but that doesn't mean God isn't choosing anyone else. And so in here we see, you know, the, the Samaritans who quite honestly, as much as the Jews dislike the Gentiles, they dislike the Samaritans more. Far more. And, yeah, far more. Yeah. Far more. And it's so a, that's a family to, fight. Those get ugly. <laughs> yeah. And so you have this idea of, look, they can be redeemed as well. And this is going to play out in some of the issues that the Jews and the leaders are going to work through in the infancy of Christianity with bringing in Gentiles. Which so you would call that foreshadowing that, seeing that, uh, that that's going to happen to the Gentiles being grafted in, that's a foreshadowing of that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think so. Because else if you think of, and this is one we have covered on the show, um, Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, right? Um, where there is that, that is also a pre-configuring where, where Jesus walks, deliberately walks through Samaria, that even if most of Jesus' ministry is, to, and as Jesus says, like directly to the Jews, um, and, and, and and leaves it to the disciples empowered by the Holy Spirit in a later era to really go after the Gentiles. His work with Samaritans is taking that first step towards uh, reaching out to Gentiles because, you know, Samaritans would already at least know who God is, um, but they had been wholesale rejected, and this is a, a welcoming them back into the family by Jesus deliberately going through Samaria, deliberately preaching uh, and, and reaching Samaritans, and by Jesus here portraying a Samaritan as the true keeper of the law, um, the true keeper of, uh, of, of God's word, of God's actions in the world. Yeah, I, yeah, I think this is definitely a foreshadowing uh, that, you know, again, um, by the law as written, we shouldn't be here either. Um, it's only by the grace of Jesus uh, that we get to. That we get Thank grafted in. for that grace. Tree. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and so I, I think, I mean, the other piece of this is, is just even beyond the, the racial component or, or the, the idea of, of anyone being able to serve, there's also just the component of, you know, don't be a hypocrite. 
right? Like there is like, you know, don't be that as Brandy put it, that church person who, you know, thinks they've got it and then doesn't live it because frankly, you know, hypocrisy, I guess as we've talked about many times, like hypocrisy is one of those things that we often like, like atheists often swing at us, right. That often is used to attack Christians. Ah, y'all a bunch of hypocrites. And you know, a lot of times they're right. Um, and that's bad, right? Like, you know, it's, it's hard enough, you know, reaching people in the modern era. Uh, we can at least not be hypocrites about it. No doubt. And I think that plays over in the same idea when we're looking at racial tensions and stuff like that as well as the fact that God uses who he deems, when he deems, and he views us all equally because his intention was to bring us all back into the fold so to say and um yeah this this hits that idea as well of showing that all can be used all are equal and all should be loving toward others and that's what we see in the example of the samaritan toward the injured person and then god doesn't look at differences or colors or backgrounds or creeds he looks at the heart he looks at the heart right and 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 how that right how that heart like what that heart does right it's one of those like you uh it's all my 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 heart is ready for jesus is it okay yeah great Uh uh-huh um what is that heart leading you to do right uh one of those you know like like what you believe in your heart should then bear fruit in the world Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, we, we we love to, like, separate that out. They're like, oh, I believe in Jesus, and that's all I got to do. Uh-huh, absolutely, 100% true. All you got to do is believe in Jesus. What does that mean, though? What does believing in Jesus mean? That if you truly believe in Jesus, it impacts your life. It impacts how you treat others. Um, and so if the Samaritan is the one uh, that truly loved God and loved neighbor, then then it involves acts of mercy, you know, not as a checklist, but as a natural outgrowth of you putting your eyes towards Jesus and Jesus directing your eyes towards others. There's a comment in the chat, um, which I appreciate uh, from Joe. We are hypocrites um, as we fail um, all the time. The difference is that we repent and try to change. Becoming a Christian isn't an instant ticket to perfection. No, absolutely not. Um, uh, but at the same time, we need to balance that, that that salvation by grace doesn't mean you can just walk by the man who's dying in the street and assume that because you believe in Jesus or pray the sinner's prayer um, that, uh, that, that everything's fine. Because if that faith has not taken root in your life, the question isn't, what are your works? The question is, what is your faith? Mm-hmm. Put that faith to work, let it show. Just like we talked about yesterday about putting ourself aside to serve others we should do likewise with our faith and let it grow and put ourself aside and let's start doing good to others no matter what the scenario if they're black if they're white hispanic doesn't matter if they're in need help them out don't let them sit there and suffer well right and there's also like there's an element of this of like 
So if you frame this from the Samaritan's perspective, right? Um, a Samaritan would have presumably known that he's walking um, through Jewish territory, and so that the person there laying on the side of the road is a Jew. And so the Samaritan would have been in a really great position to walk on by. God, these people have been hating me for my people for centuries. Why should I help this person? And yet he's the one who stops. And so there's also an element of forgiveness in this story. Back to something we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, uh, uh, you know, when we talked about no future without forgiveness, right? That the Samaritan has been hated and persecuted and rejected um, by the Jews. And yet he's the one who stops. That he's able to set that aside um, and love a person from a group that has harmed him. Um, which again speaks to an even a, a deeper form of that love. You know, there's a, a good Wesley quote uh, talking about this. And I'm sure a lot have probably heard it's uh, do all the good you can and all the ways you can, mm-hmm. to all the souls you can and every place you can at all the times you can with all the zeal you can as long as ever you can. Amen. Uh, That's what we're called to do. That's, that's kind of summing up the now go and do likewise part. Yeah. Because again, this, this opens with, you know, Jesus gets this lawyer uh, kind of draw, you know, Jesus being really good at this kind of draws this lawyer out saying, okay, you know, what do you find in the law? Right. Uh, what does it take? What, you know, what does the law say? What do you think the law says? And he comes back with, you know, the combination of uh, the Shema um, and of Leviticus 19. And Jesus says, okay, great. Now, uh, now, what does that mean? Uh, you know, how, how do you live this? Um, you know, and the lawyer thinks he's going to get you, right? Um, ah, but who's my neighbor? And Jesus apparently says, yo, everyone's your neighbor. Um, but this is, this is a ref, like, you know, we've reframed all of the first half of scripture as this love God, love neighbor. Okay. Who is my neighbor? Apparently even someone who harms you is your neighbor, uh, because the Samaritan loved his neighbor, um, by loving this Jew that had, you know, done great harm to his people. Okay. That's the standard. Um, that basically means you are called upon to love everybody uh whether that's what you want to hear or not yeah and um love is needs to be demonstrated not just yes. in the the words this is one of those uh scriptures that really hits the idea that you we need to we need to walk the walk not just talk the talk well and yeah, and that lo- that true love is something that takes action, right? We uh, we in- get so lost in like love is a feeling rather than love is a verb, right? Like, you know, you know, you can feel compassion or whatever, but the, you know, there's an element of like, you know, I love you is like lived out. You you know, talk is cheap. Um, what shows where your true heart is is like what action? What, how does it motivate your action? Right. A belief that doesn't motivate your action is not a belief you hold. Right. Um, You know, you uh, see this in in companies. Right. So Google used to have they don't have this anymore. And that's really telling. They used to have this corporate value that said, don't be evil. And then like they started making a lot of money. And then they started basically like 
algorithmically reading your email to set, you know, to sell better ads against your personal information. Um, and then they had to remove that don't be evil as their value because they realized it was just words and they weren't living it. Like it didn't result in action. Like if you just list a belief on a wall, um, but it doesn't motivate how you live, then you don't actually believe that thing. Uh, you just think it's nice to put on your wall, like Google saying, don't be evil. And then they started doing evil and then someone called them on it and they decided, oh, I'm just going to take that out anyways. <laughs> Which is telling, uh, not just society, but sometimes uh, Christians, because the proper response would have been, oh, my gosh, you're right. We need to get back to that, as opposed right. to, eh, yeah. we'll just get rid of that little that little thing. And so, um, you know, it, it's that little, like having a, a, a Bible that has a little erasable ink in it. You know, those don't really exist, but some people act like it does, that they ignore entire chunks of what we should or shouldn't do in our own lives and you know I, I get that we do that but the the real hard part is that when we're put in check what is our response to be you know the disciples weren't perfect uh, uh peter made some big mistakes but it was the fact that he was given opportunity to repent and he took that opportunity that plays a big role in where he went on from well, we often talk about King David, right? What does it mean that David is a man after God's own heart? Because David is certainly not a perfect guy, right? David screws up in some major ways. Um, and it is that, like, David is able to be held accountable and grow from it uh, rather than just, like, you know, rather than being unteachable. One of the, when you're auditioning for a play, uh, one of the things the director is looking for is not just how well can you act, right? Not just how well can you portray a character or, or speak in a certain voice. Often a director will give you an oddball direction. Hey, do this, but do it this way. I, I was once um, given the, inst it, was, it was for a comedy I was auditioning for, and the director told me, okay, great, do that line again, but as if you're, as if you're from Sweden and you're stoned. <clears throat> I was like, oh, okay. Um, and what, like, he didn't actually, we were not going to portray that character as this stoned Swedish man. He was seeking if I could take direction. He was saying if I was teachable, or if I was just going to be so stuck on what I thought was the right way, that he wasn't going to be able to shape into, you know, you know the play. Because in the end, it's the director's vision of the play that matters, not yours. Um, and so we are all actors on God's stage. And often what God wants is perhaps not the perfect servants, not the most talented, you know, not the best actors, but the ones that are, that can take direction are the ones that are teachable, the ones that, you know, can, you know, uh, confess, repent and move on, uh, rather than, you know, you know, this lawyer's told go and do likewise. We are not told whether the lawyer does that or not tellingly. Right. Um, right. That's probably as good a place to come in for a landing as any. If you have feedback for the show, please, please, please uh, post it here. Oh, I say here. Post it on Facebook. Um, if you're watching it here, post it on YouTube comments. Um, if you're watching it there, um, if you're, uh, we also have an audio-only version of this podcast. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church um, in your podcatcher of choice. Uh, you can also post comments on our uh, website, palestinegrace.com slash video, or email us gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. And we will be back with you next week uh, for another fun-filled edition. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Thank you.
Oops, wrong song. There we go. That's all right, son. Remix.